This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Victory Inheritance Ministries, the City of Hope. As you listen, may the Holy Spirit minister to you in the simplicity of the Word of God. I want to appreciate you, sir, Reverend Jonathan, and of course, Pastor Liz, for this wonderful privilege that I have to stand on this altar this morning. I told pastor, I said, I just want to come sit down and just enjoy myself. He said, never. He said, it's not possible. I said, ah, I, I shouldn't have told you that I'm coming. So I just, I just have appeared. Even if I appeared, the man can tell me, since you have appeared, oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for this. Could you please let me celebrate your pastor? <laughs> Go ahead, celebrate your pastor, celebrate his wife, celebrate them. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, most times we take our pastors for granted. We take them for granted. And it's a good thing to be taken for granted. It's a very good thing. You know why? When you are taken for granted, it means you are consistent. <laughs> you know, so, so you know, it's okay. Uh, his pastor is going to be in church today. So it's like we're, they're coming to church. Once the pastor is there, you are taking for granted because they, they are not expecting anything less. That's what we're taking for granted. What, what, what you're saying to us is we don't expect anything less. You are reliable. You are dependable. You are consistent. You are unwavering. And so because of that, we're taking for granted that the man cannot, can, he cannot perform below. So it's good to be taken for granted. And you know what? It, it places more demand on us to do more. So thank you, sir, for blazing the trail. Could you appreciate him one more time, everybody? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And your pastor is a friend indeed, a friend indeed. Because the way you know a true friend is when you are going through challenges. It was there for me when, when I, I needed that moral support. It was there for me. I mean, it's, um, thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Today, I just, want, I just came to deliver God's message to you. And um, the message simply says, blessed to build and then prosper. Blessed to build and then prosper. Blessed to build and then prosper. For every life, for every family, for every church, for every organization whatsoever, vision is of essence. Vision is of essence. That means it is essentially important for you to have a vision. Whether you are an individual, whether you are a family, whether you are uh, an organization, a church, you know, or, or whatever other organization you, you, know, you, you may be, it is, it is essential that you have a vision. Why do I say that? Proverbs 29 verse 18, the scripture says that in, in the New King James Version, it says, for where there is no vision, 
people cast off restraints. I know the old King James says people perish, right? But the new King James version says people cast off restraints. That means people live recklessly. They, 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 just, they just live their lives anyhow. That therefore tells me, friends, that vision gives you direction. Vision gives you direction. Not only that, vision also enhances your concentration. Or you can say your focus. Vision gives you direction. It enhances your concentration. So you are focused on something. What does, what does that mean? That also means that vision uh, prevents you from distractions. Because when you are not, yeah, now when you don't know where you are going, anywhere can, be, can distract you. But vision enhances, or, uh, 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 enhances, uh, or what, sorry, prevents you from distraction. Apart from that, vision endears provision. So if you are looking for money, don't look for money, look for vision. Uh, because when you have a vision, then there will be a pro-vision. There will be something that will be for the vision. The word pro means for. So there will be something that you need for the vision that would always be there. So don't lose. Test your neighbor. Don't look for money. Look for vision. Uh, no, 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 no. And that's, and that's, very, and that's very important because now, when, you see, look, check, check out every, every wealthy person in life. Every, everyone that you call wealthy today, they were, they were not out looking for money first. They were out looking for a service, something to give to humanity, something, a problem to solve. That's a vision. And when that vision came, come on, people, you begin to prove your money towards the vision. Am I right? It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Put your hands together for vision, everybody. <laughs> so, vision endears provision. Not only that, vision attracts manpower. It attracts manpower. People that will help you to accomplish the vision are always attracted to you. Why? Because you have a vision. Apart from that, vision propels standardization. What do I mean? Vision propels order. Order, structure. Because when you don't have a vision, you discover that your, your life will just be out of order. That's why he says, he said, without a vision, he said, the people cast off restraints. They just live anyhow. They sleep at any time. They wake up at any time. I mean, they, they, they eat anyhow. They just do everything anyhow because they, there is no vision. And so their life is out of order. Is somebody get what I'm saying? You still love my face? If you don't like my own, I love your own. <laughs> but apart from that, hear this, people of God. Vision, every vision that God gives is for your progression and elevation. Every time God gives a vision, it is for your progression and for your elevation. It is for your progression in life and for your elevation in life. So, Every time God gives a vision, he has you in mind. He has you in mind. He has me in mind. And he has me in mind because he wants me to, now he wants to lift me to my next level. He wants to lift, lift me to, my, to, to the next status that he has ordained for me. So vision, therefore, is very crucial. And let me say this. In what we call the vision quadrant, there are four major people. Well, five, really. But then, no, but four physically that are important. One, it has, is that God gives the vision. 
Am I right? God gives the vision. God gives the vision. No man generates visions by himself. No. Nobody generates it by himself. Whether he's a believer or, or a non-believer. Nobody generates vision by himself. Nobody generates any idea by himself. It is God is the custodian of ideas. And so he releases it to whosoever he wills. You hear these people of God? They don't spend money in heaven. So if you're asking God, give me money. He said, I don't have it. <laughs> he doesn't have it. So which currency will he give you? No, okay, now, let's assume, assuming God wants to give you money now, which currency does it, will he give you? Is it, is it Naira? Or dollar? Or, or, the, or the one with the surname, pounds, sterling? Eh? <laughs> or which one? Which one now? Which one would he give you? He will say, so we don't spend it here. <laughs> we don't spend it here. So what do they spend in heaven? What they spend in heaven is what we call Ideas. Ideas. So idea, ideas, are the, the ideas are the currency of heaven. So it gives, it boosts the idea in your heart. And then you take the idea and then process it into a service or a product and sell it to your environment. And then the currency of that, of that, of that country begins to come to you. And if you, and, 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 and if you are able, then you then, you then sell your... All right, you can, you can celebrate God for that. And then you don't only sell it to your country, but you sell it to other countries. And so you become a global business person. You become a global phenomenon. I'm going to say, so you are not only attracting local currency, but you're also attracting foreign currency. That's the way it works. Is somebody getting blessed? So lift your hands and say, Lord, give me ideas. Oh, say, Lord, give me ideas. I mean, 20 years ago, there was no Facebook. Am I right? Come on now. 20 years ago, there was no Facebook. 50 years ago, there was not nothing like Microsoft. Maybe you can bring your own and say, Micro hard. <laughs> Microsoft. May the Lord open your mind and open your eyes and open your ears. I mean, things that I have not seen, that ear has not heard, that has never entered into the heart of any man. I, I see the Lord releasing them to you now. Did I hear you say, Big Amen, everybody here? Did I hear you say, Big Amen, everybody here? Now, and let me say this to you quickly. Now, see, the vision has no respect for age. Whether you are old or young, you are the one who call yourself old. <laughs> I mean, you are the one who said. <laughs> God didn't say so. I mean, he said to Joshua, he said, hey, Joshua, he said, now you are, you are old and we're sticking, sticking in age. Joshua 13 verse 1. He said, but you know what, Joshua? I said, there are yet many more land to be possessed. Oh, you said you are old, but I have many more things for you to accomplish. So, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, so when my bones are saying they are, they are tired, God is saying, hey, I am renewing your, your youth like that of the eagle. Come on, friends. I refuse to be old. <laughs> 
Why? Because my strength, my youth will be renewed like that of the eagles for the assignment that he has for me. Wake up, friends. There is a lot ahead of you. There is what? There is a lot ahead of you. So stop tying that wrapper and looking like 75 years old when you are still 25. Stop and put on some, put on some, some skinny jeans. I just, I just, and. And just put on some, you know. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Somebody's blessed there already. Does that look like you? <laughs> so, God gives the vision to a man. How many? A man. A man. But then, so, one man receives the vision, but he needs men for the vision to become a reality. Who are the men that he needs? Number one, he needs who we call interpreters. Interpreters are people who have skill and spiritual capacity to interpret the vision. Because most times when God gives a, the man the vision, he gives him as a raw material. So it is hazy, but he needs skillful and spiritually sensitive people to help him interpret the vision. But not only does he need that, he also needs who we call refiners. Refiners, people that will refine the vision, that will, that will lay it on paper, that will lay the, the process out so that it will become easy for for those who are going to, 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 to do it, you know, to, to just put it to practice. And then we now have the executors. See, what the refiners need is what we call exposure, experience, and expertise. But then we now need executors. Who are the executors? The executors are those who are going to now ensure that the project or the vision becomes practical, becomes real. And what those ones need is what we call capacity, capabilities, and abilities. That's what they need. Now, let me say this. So that I don't bore you. <laughs> All these people, God gives the vision to a man. And the man communicates the vision to all the other person. So the Lord gave the word. Said great is the company of those that publish it. So God gives the vision to a man. And then great or many are the people that ensure that the vision becomes a reality. He said, write the vision. Man, one man, write the vision. Why? So that, he said, and make it plain so that he may run that reads it. So everyone who read the, the vision should be able to run with it, should be able to fly with it, should be able to, to say, hey, I know what the vision is saying and I'm going ahead with it. Why? Because I believe God has given it to my leader. But what every one of them the man that God has given the vision, the interpreters, the refiners, and the executors, one major requirement that all of them need is what is called commitment. Say with me, commitment. commitment. One more time, say with me, commitment. commitment. Oh, say with me, commitment. commitment. So they all need commitment. But sir, that means that all of us need commitment. Now, God has given a vision to our pastor here and the vision is to build this house that is here. Am I correct? But what he needs 
as the one that is spearheading this in his commitment. What all of us need as either interpreters or, or definers or executors, what all of us need is commitment. We need what? Commi but let me quickly say to you that we all need a paradigm shift when it comes to commitment. We need what? A paradigm shift when it comes to commitment. Number one paradigm shift that we need is to understand that everything we do in God's kingdom is a privilege. Everything. Say with me everything. Everything we do in God's kingdom is what? It's a that whatever I do, they'll, they'll, they'll bring it down. He said, but I will build my church. So I don't need your input. If you don't need my input, then why are you now asking me to join you? He says, so that I can, I can give you the privilege. It's a privilege. Say with me, it's a privilege. Or oh, oh, tap your neighbor and say, it's a privilege. Uh, you are not, say to your neighbor, say, yeah, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. He said, I, I am enough to build it myself. Okay, now, let me ask you a question. When he was, when he was created, the, 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 when he created the heavens and the earth, where were you? No, where, no, no, no. Where, where, where was I? He asked Job, he said, okay, now you are telling me that, that I'm, I'm a trouble to you. I'm a problem to you. Okay, okay. Um, where were you? When I created the seas, let's start from there. Where were you? I mean, after God asked him all the questions, see, whenever God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't, he doesn't know the answer. No, it's just to expose your foolishness. <laughs> it's just to expose your foolishness. Let's just say, okay, let me now show you how foolish you are. So let, tell me, where were you? Okay, let me ask you, can you stop the sea from, 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 from running? From, from flowing, sorry? Ah, I think Job couldn't even answer no. He couldn't say yes, he couldn't say no. Why? Because he saw himself in the mirror of foolishness. And he said, Lord, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So, everything we do in God's kingdom is what? It's a privilege. Say to yourself, thank God I'm privileged. Number two, number two paradigm shift must have is that not, there is, there's, there's, there's nothing that we do in God's kingdom is a waste. Nothing that we do in God's kingdom is what? Is a waste. Hebrews 6 verse 10. He said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. It's not unrighteous. So if it's not unrighteous to forget, that means he's, he's righteous to remember and righteous to reward. <laughs> Ooh, whatever it is that you have done. Now, in, in ensuring that this building, this project is up to the state that it is. Hear me, people of God. God is not unrighteous to forget. Am I, are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? God is not unrighteous to forget. God is righteous to forever remember and forever reward. Whenever, oh, oh. <laughs> number three, the, the shift that must have, paradigm shift must have, is that, hear this, is that everything we do in God's kingdom is an investment. What do I call it? 
What do I call it? I'm not talking about just ordinary investment. This investment I'm talking about has two kinds of, uh, two, two levels or two departments of, of dividend. Number one is earthly dividend. The things we enjoy here on earth, and then it has also eternal inheritance. Are you going to what I'm saying? For said, now he said, listen what to what Paul said. Is that 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19? He says, he says, if only in this life we have hope, we have all, we are of all men most miserable. That means if we do, now if we have this investment in God's kingdom and all that we are expecting to receive is in this world, he said, Oh, you have cheapened it. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. If all you are expecting is that okay, for all the seeds that have sown in this project. All I'm expecting, all I'm expecting is, is for this world. He said, you have cheapened your investment. You have cheapened your investment. You have cheapened your investment. I mean, you have cheapened your investment. So it doesn't only have earthly dividend, it also has eternal inheritance. Have you not read? Have you not heard? When he says, he said, godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that we have now and of that which is to come. So, cheer up! Your, your, your giving is not a waste. You didn't give to man. You gave to God. <laughs> You didn't give to who? Oh, you gave to God. So it is an investment. It is an investment. And it's an investment. Hear this. An investment. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Mm. Hmm. Are, you got, are you following me? The quality of your investment in God's kingdom is an expression of the depth of your commitment. The quality of your investment in God's kingdom is an expression of the depth of your commitment. I hear this. The depth of your commitment is, is, is a revelation of the depth of your understanding. How do I mean? If you understand what is at stake, your commitment level will change because you know what is at stake. And your investment level, investment quality will change. How do I mean? When you have an understanding of what's at stake, understanding makes you, it drives, understanding is knowing why you are doing what you're doing. Am I right? Why am I doing it? When you have an understanding of why you are doing it, then your, your, your why will drive the what you are doing and will drive the how you are doing it. If you doubt me, Go to TED.com and, and check and check you know Simon's you know Simon Sonic uh, uh, um, uh, talk on on why. When you know why you are doing anything, it will drive what you are doing and how you are going to do it. So understanding, therefore, is very very important to know why we're doing what we're doing, so that it can drive what we're doing and drive how we're doing it. So it is an investment, an investment, an investment, an investment, an investment of our time, an investment of our talent, an investment of our treasure, our time, our what? Our talent, that's your gift, 
and our treasure. That's your money. Time, talent, and what? And treasure. Unfortunately, or well, funny enough, all those three are not our own. We receive them from him. That means we are stewards. <laughs> you got that? Very important. Our investment of time, of talent, and of uh, so, sorry, of, of talent and of our treasure. Very important. So it we need therefore all of us need to be committed to what is happening here. And I thank God for what we have done so far. But there's still a long way to go. Am I correct? There's still a long way to go. Let me say this. You can either be committed or be involved. In anything you do in life, anywhere you belong to in life, you can either be committed or be what? Be involved. And I'm sure the ladies here will agree with me. Now, in the making of bacon and eggs, two animals are required. Bacon and eggs, two animals are what? Are required. We, we, we require the hen and the pig. One is involved. The other is committed. And so the, the hen comes along. Say, okay, oh, you got bacon and eggs? Yeah, yes, okay. And then it comes. And walks away. So she lays the egg and walks away. She's involved. But the pig comes along. So, ah! Bacon. Yeah! Bacon. And then he lays down his neck. And they put the, they put the knife and slaughter it. And he gives his life for the bacon that you are eating. The pig is committed. That means, people of God, commitment is total. Involvement is partial. Whatever you cannot give your life to or for, you are not committed to. And your time is your life. Your treasure is your life. Your time is your life. Your money is your life. Your time is your life. Your money is your life. Even your skill, your talent is your life. Because you pay the price to get to where you are. Am I right? So my, 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 my encouragement to you today is be, don't let's just be involved. Let's be committed. Because of where this thing is taking us to. Somebody is moving to another level. If that looks like you, let me hear a louder amen. Yeah. If that looks like you, let me hear a louder amen. Yeah. If that looks like you, let me hear, hear a louder amen. Yeah. So why therefore should I be committed? Number one, because God commanded the project. Because what? God commanded this project. Therefore, we all must be committed to the end. We must be committed. So God commanded it and hear this. Every commandment has attendant blessings. He said, if they obey and serve him, said they will spend all their years in, in, in prosperity and all their days in pleasure. Job 32 and 36 verse 11. So it's important, people of God, that, see, that see, once, because this is commanded of the Lord, 
not commanded by the pastor, but commanded of the Lord. Therefore, when we commit ourselves to it because it's God's commandment, then the blessings that are attached to the obedience of the commandment will be our portion. And I see the blessing rest upon you in the name of Jesus. I said, I see the blessing resting upon you in the name of Jesus. Number two reason why we have to be committed is because we are blessed to build. We are what? Blessed to build and then prosper. Blessed to build. So every level of blessing that I have is so that I can build God's kingdom. <coughs> so that I can build God's kingdom. We are blessed to build so that we can prosper. So there's, a, there's another dimension that God wants to take us to. So he has blessed us so that we can build and then move to that dimension that has prayer for us. Let me give you a few, a few instances and then I'll, I'll drop the mic. Number one, when God wanted to build the first, uh, the first house for himself, in the, in the book of Exodus, the scripture says that God blessed the children of Israel. Read, read Exodus 35, well, the whole of Exodus, really. But read 35, you know. Now, God, first of all, blessed them before, he, before bringing them out of Egypt, remember? He did what? He blessed them. Now, when he, after blessing them, when they got to the wilderness, they said, guys, now I have a need. Now, I what? I have a need. What is the need? I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want you to build me a place that I, that I would, that, that, now, that, that, that I'll have my ark so that my presence can be among you. And so the Bible says, hear this people of God, the Bible says that now, that every one of the people, all of them, everyone brought, now, see, everyone whose heart was made willing, they brought to God that, now, an offering of gold, quality offering, quality uh, offering of gold, offering of silver, offering of, 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 of bronze and different things, and they are and they built that they built that tabernacle. They built it. But listen to what happened. After they have built it, all through 40 years of their sojourning, all through the 40 years of their sojourning, sir, there was no one mention of sickness. Not one mention of sickness among them. 40 years. I mean, they were and if you know the Jews, you are you appreciate what I'm saying. They were give that the, their women were getting pregnant in the wilderness, and there's no antenatal word there. No antenatal word, but they are getting pregnant. They didn't have any doctor there, but they were getting pregnant in the wilderness. They were delivering, no miscarriage, no stillbirth in the wilderness. People of God, why? Because they committed themselves to the building of God's house. I prophesy upon this house, therefore, that all through this building, in the name that's above every other name, there shall be no miscarriages. Amen. I said there shall be no miscarriages. Amen. I said there shall be no miscarriages. Amen. You will not miscarry your, you not miscarry your, 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 your uh, 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 you not miscarry your dream. In the name of Jesus, whatever it is that you are pregnant of, it shall not be miscarried. Amen. There is, there was no stillbirth. Sir, ma, the Bible says to, to me that the children were born there and they were growing. There was no Walmart. Oh, sorry. There's, there was no ShopRite. Is that what you call it? Oh, oh there was no spa. <laughs> no, you go market. No, take your market. I mean, and, and sir, 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 sir. There was no, there was, there was no Nike shop there. But as those children were growing, they didn't need a change of shoes. <laughs> there was an adjustment of shoes. <laughs> Not a change of shoes, but an adjustment of shoes. 
Not because they called, they, they didn't call the cobbler to help them adjust it. As they were growing, the shoes were growing. As they were growing, their dresses were growing. People of God, hear this. I have come to let you know that as we begin, as you keep building this, this house, everything that is, that, is, that is stagnated in your life shall begin to grow. I said they shall begin to grow. They will begin to grow. <laughs> as they were building, as they were building, <laughs> God, I'm not touching, I'm not giving you uh, difference. No, no, no. I'm telling you from the scriptures and the things that are written are for our examples. They are e.g. This is that. So if you can, if you can see this. Then you can have an idea of what I'm going to do with you. So don't ever think what you are doing is a waste. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Number two. Number two. Here was Second Samuel chapter. Now look at it. God blessed them. And then what? And then what did what did they do? They built. And what now happened to them? They prospered. That's what I'm trying to show you. Number two. Now, here was David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel 7, the Bible says that David in 2 Samuel 7, he said, he called Nathan the prophet. He said, hey, Nathan. He said, now, the Bible says that David just discovered, he said, he looked, down the, he looked at himself, looked around about. Can I have that on the screen? 2 Samuel chapter 7, please. 2 Samuel 7 verse 1. He said, David sat down in his house and looked. He said, he sat in his house. And he said, ah, the Lord has given me rest. Roundabout, Abba, rest. He said, "The Lord has given me rest." God doesn't give stress. God gives rest. I said, "God, God does not give stress. God gives rest." Everywhere that you have been encountering stress in your life, receive rest now. I said, "Receive rest now. Rest in your family. Rest in your job. Rest in your business. Rest in your career." Rest in your marriage. Rest in your health. Receive rest now. He said, the Lord says, no, 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 no. I, said, I discovered that the Lord has given me rest roundabout. And from, said, from all my enemies. That means that eh, they, they tried, but they couldn't prevail. Ah, they, he said, you know, that song says, uh, uh, they whispered, conspired. Na, 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 na. <laughs> you know, see, see, they tried everything, but they couldn't. Why? Because God has given him rest roundabout. People of God, hear this. People of God, hear this. Hear this. And hear this. God will give you rest roundabout. And then he said, because the Lord has so much blessed me, he said, I want to build him a house. God has blessed you. You may not have millions. But you have something. Am I right? You don't see, see. No one can say I cannot be part of it because I don't have. It's a lie. I have. I have. Somebody say I have. Your pastor just told you now. He said, "Never you say never that I don't have." It's because you don't. Don't use your own mouth to destroy your future. God, use your mouth to destroy the future. Because when you say, I don't have, so everything that, that they, say, they say, I don't, will begin to come. Everything that, that speaks of lack will begin to come. But when you say to yourself, I have, I am, 
I am rich. I'm wealthy. I'm prosperous. So everything that talks about prosperity and good health and abundance, they'll be saying, what's the name? Victor. They say, where's Victor? Where's Victor? And in case they want to mix, they want to mix your, 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 your Victor for another one, they ask for your, your, your last name. Willie. So they say, where's Victor Willie? Where's Victor Willie? Where's Victor Willie? And then someone says, you know, I'm here. No, no, no. It's not you. I'm looking for. It's Victor Willie. I'm looking for. Why? Because he has been using his mouth to attract. <laughs> for as you have said in my ears, so will I do. Stop speaking negative. Even when you feel it, don't say it. Let the weak, he's feeling weak, but let that one feeling weak say. Say. For he has said so that we may boldly say. <laughs> For death and life are in the power of the tongue. He that loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his lips. Don't say what the enemy is saying. He says, say ye not a confederacy to everyone that these people shall say a confederacy. Don't join them in talking rash. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. <laughs> Even me, I didn't, I didn't hear myself. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Don't join them to say it. There's a difference between the fact and the truth. The fact is what you see. The truth is what you know. And so, he says... He says, David said, now, I want to build God a house. Ah. I said, David, ever since I was in the wilderness, nobody, read that second Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1 down. He said, nobody has ever, nobody has ever even thought to build me a house. He said, but, ah, David, yeah. That's, that's God in heaven. <laughs> you are wondering. God is saying, yeah. So God said, ah, David. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. This thing, this thing is, God is saying, this thing is, 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 is burning me because, you know why? Ah, David, ah, this thing that you have, you have said, hey, and to, to let you understand what I'm, what, what I'm talking about, the Bible says, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse, verse, verse 18, the, the Bible says that, now, when, God, when, when David said to God, I want to build you a house, God said to him, say, ah, David, you cannot build me a house because your, hand, your hands are filled with blood. And then, but God, but, but, God, but God said something to him. In verse 18, he said, but you have done well in that it was in your heart. <laughs> he said, whereas where it was in, 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 the heart, uh, uh, in your heart to build a house unto my name, you have done well that it was in your heart. Now, now, oh God, help me. See, and because it was in his heart, ma, it was only in his heart. He hasn't done it. 
only in his heart. He just thought of doing it. And God knew that because he thought of it, this guy, if I allow him, he will do it. He said, the Bible says, when you go back to that second Samuel chapter 7, the scripture says, the Lord said to him, said, David, because you have thought to build me a house, he said, I will make you a house. It's not building you a house. I'm going to make you a house. That's why till tomorrow you are still hearing of David in Egypt. In Israel. In fact, in fact, not only in Israel, in heaven. There is a key in heaven. It's called the key of David. And God says, it is sorry, man, sorry man. God said, it is that key that I used to open. God just said, it is that key that I used to open. And no man will be able to shut it. And it's that key that I used to open. That means your door is open. That means your door is open. That means your gate is open. He said, I use that, that key to open. No man can shut it. I use that, that key to lock. And no man can open it. Hear the people of God. As we partake of what is happening here. Every door that the adversary has locked against you. God is opening them up. Every door of opportunity, opportunity that you need. I see God opening them up. I said I see God opening them up. I see God opening them up. If you believe it, let me hear louder. Amen everybody here. Let me hear you shout a louder. Amen here. That your womb is open. I said that womb is open. That womb is open. That destiny is open. Doors are open. Gates are open. Businesses open. Jobs open. Promotion open. Abundance open. Good health open. I said open. I said open. I said open. I said open. Two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Sit down. Two minutes. Two minutes. In Luke chapter 7. In Luke's gospel. So that I don't forget it. <laughs> in Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7. There was this man. He has been blessed. Someone say he has been blessed. So we saw David who has been blessed. Now he built in his heart. And then if you go to 1 Chronicles 20, 22, 23, you discover where, where the Bible says that David said, even though I cannot build this house, I have of my own proper goods. You know, he said, I've given, I've given the things of gold for gold, things of silver for silver, things of bronze for bronze. He said, Solomon, you have no stress. I've made enough provision. I cannot build it, but I can provide for it. Let's leave that one. <laughs> so, 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 so he was blessed and he built and then of course he, he went to prosperity. In Luke chapter 7, as I begin to wind down, in Luke chapter 7, the scripture says, are we still together? Are we still together? The, the scripture says, there was this centurion, pastor. This centurion was blessed. He was blessed. Somebody say he was blessed. And so the Bible says that he was so blessed that when he saw that he was blessed and he loved he said he loves the nation of God's kingdom, of God's people. That means for you as a Christian, you love God's kingdom. He said he loves the nation so much that he builds them a synagogue. He builds them a synagogue. Let me hear, let me say this, people of God. There are things that money cannot buy. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Let me say, there are things that money cannot solve. But money can invest in. 
They can invest in it, but they can't solve it. And so this guy just went ahead because he loved God's kingdom. He built a synagogue. And so a problem came that money could not solve. And so the Bible says, could you, let's, let's, look at, let's, look at, let's look at verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. The Bible says, uh, verse 2, verse 2. He said, and his, look at it, look at it. And a certain centurion's servant, who was what? Who was dear to him. It may not be, it may not be your own servant. It may be your project. It may be a dream that is dear unto you. He said, this his servant was, that was dear unto him. So, the sickness didn't, didn't look for the one that he doesn't like. He looked for the one that was dear to him. The one that when he touches it, it will touch him. The one that when he kills him, it will, it will kill him. Are you going to what I'm saying? Are you going to what I'm saying? He said, he said, he said, he, uh, now, a, a, a servant who was dear unto him, he said he was sick and ready. That means there is nothing they can do. This, was, this one was a terminal situation. He said, and money cannot solve it. It was dear to him. And he was sick. And ready to die. He, and in fact, he was singing what we, what, what we call in the Anglican church, non dimitis. Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace. According to thy word, for my eyes have seen <laughs> now, see, he was ready to die. But the guy said, ah, no, there was something I did. There was an investment I made. I have not yet enjoyed the dividend. And so he got up and went to the elders of the Jews and said, ah, could you help me talk to Jesus whether he can come heal my servant? And the Bible says, immediately, they got up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Said, and when he heard of Jesus, okay, next verse, next, next verse. He said, and when they came to Jesus, now look at it, they besought him how? Instantly. Said, ah, this one is urgent. This one is compulsory. Said, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy. The New King James Version says, he deserves. He deserves. Said he was worthy for whom you should do this. And then I believe Joshua said, why does he deserve it? Next verse. He said, for he loves our nation. And, and, and okay, so see, the proof of love is given. The proof of love is given. The proof of love is given. For God so loved that he so, he said, for he loves our nation. Jesus said, really? Prove it. See, you have to read between the lines. Jesus said to them, prove it. He loves our nation. Prove it. He says, and he has built us a synagogue. Next verse says, Jesus got up. <laughs> what? Look at it. Then Jesus did what? Went with them. 
He said, no, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. This one, I'm going. He said, I'm going. And so, and, and, and the man knew just was going, was going to come. And then he went, I came, I met him. You know the end of the story? The servant that was dear unto him, who was ready to die, was, uh, no, sorry, who was dear unto him, who was sick and ready to die, was healed and brought back to life. It's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to be given life. Yes. You can be healed now and then die next week. <laughs> but it was healed and brought back to life. Meaning, boy, your life has just started. I have come to let you know, Victory Inheritance Ministries, that in the name of God the Father, in the name of God the Son, and in the name of God the Holy Ghost, everything that has to do with you that is down to you, they will not die. Amen. Nothing shall die anymore in your life. Amen. Nothing shall die anymore in your life. Amen. Your dream will not die. Your children will not die. Your business will not die. Your career will not die. You will not die. That disease will not kill you. That sickness will not kill you. You shall be healed. In fact, you are already healed. I said you are already healed. You are already healed. Please give me five minutes and I'll drop the mic. Number four. Now, do you have an idea of what we're, we're, we're doing now? Do you have an idea? Do you have an idea of what you are doing now? What do you call that, that building, sir? What, what, do you have a name for it? So that, do, 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 you under, do you understand what City of Hope is all about now? Uh, do you understand what City of Hope is all about now? You know what he said? In, in, in Psalm 103, um, uh, Psalm 102, verses 13 and 14, he said, Thou shall arise. Am I right? Thou shall arise and have mercy on Zion. Am I correct? He said, For the time to favor her, yea, her set time has come. Hey, these people of God, I've come to let someone know that your set time has come. Amen. All this while that you have been waiting, it was not yet your set time. You have been seeing other people celebrating their set time. The fact that they celebrated or they're celebrating their set time does not mean that you don't have a set time. But I've come to let you know that your own set time has come. Amen. But why did God, why did God fast forward the set time? Verse 14. He said, verse 14, sir. He says, look at it. Next verse, sir. Next verse, sir. Next verse, sir. Uh, he said, Look at it. He said, because. The word for, that means because. He said, because your servants take pleasure in her stones, in the stones of Zion, and favor the dust thereof. That means everything that has to do with God's house, it was, it was, it was, it was a no-brainer for these people. They were, they were totally committed to it. They were sold out to it. He said, and because of that, God will arise and have mercy I say God is having mercy on you. Finally, Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. And then we'll go. Is somebody getting blessed? Ezra 6 and verse 14. And then we go. Ezra 6 14. It says, And the elders of the Jews built it and prospered. And what? 
They built and they prospered. They built and they prospered. So it was now. They were not building and, and suffering. They were not building and their businesses were going down. No. They were not building and they were suffering health issues. No. They were not building and they were, oh God, and they were experiencing lack. No. He said, and they built and they prospered. As they were building, they were prospering. As, I see, as the building was going up, their life also was going, was going up. I prophesy to you in Victory Inheritance Ministry. Every mountain, however great it is, because of this work that is going on, shall become a plain. Oh, I said it shall become a plain. Somebody say it shall become a plain. Somebody say it shall become a plain. And then he said, prophecy. That's why they were building and they were prospering. He said, his hands, okay, sorry. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. Meaning that as you have started it, you will finish it. Amen. Let me hear, we'll finish this. Oh, oh, I said we'll finish this. Oh, somebody said we'll finish this. Somebody said we'll finish this. Somebody said we'll finish this. That was why when they were building, they were what? They were prospering. Verse 9, and we close. Verse 9. <laughs> Let's read together. One to go. The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of this house. His hands also Meaning, as we are building this building, none of you shall be missing. Uh, I said, as this building is going on, none of you shall be missing. Oh, I said, none of you shall be missing. Your children will not be missing. Your husband will not be missing. Your wife will not be missing. Oh, I said, none of you shall be missing. None of you shall be missing. None of you shall be missing. Sickness will not take you out of the scene. Death will not take you out of the scene. Nothing will take you out of the scene. The eyebrows will not take you out of the scene. He says, the hands that started it will finish it. Somebody say, I will finish it. But here are these people of God. As this building is finishing, as it's going high, so are you going high. Amen. By the time it is finished, I, prom I promise you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be on another level. Amen. I don't care how high you are now. I don't care how great you are now. But you know what? There's always a higher height. Am I correct? There's always a higher height. Somebody said there's a higher height. There's always a higher height. It doesn't matter. There's one glory of the sun. There's another glory of the moon. Am I right? It doesn't matter how, how powerful the glory of the moon is. It can never be compared to the glory of the sun. But then there's, there's another glory of the stars. Even the stars, each one be first in glory. So whatever level you are now, even the sun, they say higher glory than the sun. We know, we know what that is? That is the son of righteousness. Jesus himself. Oh, oh, oh. Are you getting what I'm saying here, people of God? I have come to deliver a message to you. I have come to just tell you what you, are, you have entered into. Not you are entering into. What you have entered into. 
so that your level of commitment which will be reflected in the depth and quality of your investment will begin to show. I have been involved in building projects. I know what I'm saying. I've pastored four different churches. I know what I'm saying. I have sown seeds in building projects. I know what I'm saying. I didn't come to excite you. I came to let you know that what you are doing is a privilege. What you are doing is not a waste. What you are doing is an investment. Very important. And you will never regret it. In the name of God the Father. In the name of God the Son. In the name of God the Holy Spirit. And so I declare over you today that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you are building, you shall be prospering. I said, as you are building, you shall be prospering. As you are building, you shall be prospering. As you are building, you shall be prospering. As you are building, you are prospering. As you are building, you are prospering. In the name of Jesus. Peace in that home. Peace in that family. Peace in that family. Peace in that family. Progress in that business. Progress in that business. You shall not remain small. You shall not remain small. You will not remain small. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To experience more, visit us on Wednesdays by 6.30 p.m. and Sundays 8.30 a.m. at Victory Inheritance Ministries, Plot 25, Block A, Kusela Road, Ikate, Elegushi Waterfront, Fort Roundabout, along Konoyo Gas Station, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria. Or follow us on Facebook at Victory Inheritance Ministries. Or you can email us at vimministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.